Who Gets to Decide, a liberty-based podcast that brings a little piece of sanity to a confused society drowning in a culture of craziness. And here is your host, Seth Martin. All right, and hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Who Gets to Decide. This is Seth Martin, your host. Thank you for joining me this evening. Glad you're here and always happy you're listening. Well, we're about a year away from this presidential election cycle, and I'm starting to see a little bit of a trend develop where people that hated Trump, didn't want to have anything to do with Trump, are coming back now and saying, wow, you know, Trump actually did some good things in retrospect. They're coming out publicly and talking about this. And today we're going to profile a conversation, a very short conversation that Chamath uh, Palapatia was having with someone. I hope I said his name wrong. And if I slaughtered it, I, I apologize, Chamath. This is uh, extraordinary, really, because, uh, and they talk about it in this, in this discussion, the Trump derangement syndrome was very, very strong and, and ran very deep with a lot of people, even people on the Republican side. What they did to Donald Trump by using the state to undermine him and now to try to prosecute him and say that he's a criminal and that he was an insurrectionist and then he should be disqualified from running because he's a, an insurrectionist and and um, led a rebellion and all this kind of craziness is is just more derangement, okay? And look, most of you know that I didn't vote for Trump in 2016. I, I was, you know, in some ways you could say that I've turned also. But at the end of the day, all these guys are bad because they don't really have the right principles. They're leaders of a party that has control over a government managerial state that basically claims um, the monopoly use of violence. And, and, there, and there's, no, there's no competition for that use of violence. So they get to decide when and where you know that violence is, is exercised. And, and this to me is just a big part of the problem with the state, and I and I don't see a way out of it. it. It really doesn't matter who's in control of it. But it is nice to hear that these people are second-guessing themselves, especially after they've seen different leadership team come in and, and exercise its authority over the state and its, its use of that violence, uh, create policy to create uh, initiatives around the world, and to put into reality their vision, their worldview. And uh, it's just nice to see people come out and, and second-guess themselves or to admit that, hey, you know, maybe we were wrong about this guy. And this is happening more and more. And, and for this reason, I think Trump is going to be reelected. I really do. Especially because I, you know, one of the things I think is going to happen between now and the election is just a complete collapse of the U.S. economy. I know that seems 
far-fetched at this point, but it's always that way. Nobody ever expects it. And then it happens. And then people go, oh yeah, you know, you could see this happening and that, you know, people always want to do the recap and act like they saw it coming. But then there's not many people talking about it today and, and yet we're not here. And the reason, the reason I think this is really close upon us is there's just a major divergence not just one divergence, there, there are several divergences going on in the economy. It just just one I'll give you right now is there's about 490 stocks that are in major bear markets in the economy. And there's about 10 that aren't. And this is a huge divergence. I mean, it's just not possible for 10 stocks to hold up the indexes for very long. Uh, eventually, the index rolls over, and then the collapse or the, the bear market is on everybody's mind. And uh, the other thing is the bond yields, you know, the bond market has gone down 55%. I mean, that is a complete massacre of the fixed income market. All the retired people and people that, re- and, and a lot of them don't even know this yet. Because their statements are always 90 days in the rearview mirror. And a lot of people have lost a crap ton of money. And it's it's not even, they don't even know it yet. Okay. They see that, they hear the interest rates went from zero to 5%. And they think, oh, okay, well, that means my bonds are down 5%. No, that means your bonds are down 55%. And so there's just this disconnect between what's actually happening, and what people perceive is happening. But getting back to this this short, very short conversation that Chama Palapatiya is having with somebody else, and I don't know who the other person is, I'm starting to see this more and more. And unless they somehow put Trump in jail or otherwise disqualify him from running, uh, he is going to be, in my mind, the the next president of the United States. Uh, there's just too much of this going on, and the support for him, for the for the people that never left Trump. Okay, they always supported Trump. That hasn't waned at all. And so I I think this guy's going to be um, put back in office, and the Democrats are going to be sent home. But let's I want to get into this uh, Chamath talk because. Uh, there, he mentioned some very specific things that I want to bring up and elaborate uh, a bit about because a lot of people don't know some of these things and they just think, you know, they just know what the media told them, you know, Russia collusion and impeachment and nobody's ever been impeached twice and all these types of things. They, they, they know the talking points and this is by design. I mean, this is this is what people normally remember is just what the media parrots over and over and over and over and over and over again. And then eventually it becomes your reality. And that's where a lot of people are with Trump. But some, like these really smart people like Chamath uh, Palapatia, they actually are paying attention and know what really happened. Voted for Hillary Clinton. I voted for yeah. Joe Biden. But this is the honest assessment. The guy did, for the things that he was supposed to do, a good job. And for where every other president found a way to 
frankly, make our situation a little bit worse, specifically around wars, he did not do that. And that is a huge accomplishment that I think needs to be acknowledged. I agree 100%. And I have acknowledged that. In fact, that's the main reason. Well, there were two reasons that I voted for Trump in 2020. One is no new wars. The guy managed to actually beat back the warfare state. And I mean, you got to know that these people are entrenched. They've got the ear of every congressman, every senator, people that work in the Pentagon. I mean, they are working it hard to try to get uh, more money to flow into their companies like Raytheon and General Dynamics and Boeing. And these companies spend hundreds of millions of dollars lobbying the U.S. Congress every year. And not just the U.S. Congress, people in the Pentagon, people all over the managerial state to try to figure out where the next enemy is coming from, to gin up some conflict, to, to see a, a U.S. interest where maybe nobody else sees U.S. interest. And Trump, you know, like him or hate him, he was able to beat that back and resist it. And, you know, I, I still don't understand how they lie. I mean, they lied to Trump, you know. He, he actually ordered all troops to be moved out of Syria. And then they came back and reported to him that all of their troops, all of our troops had been moved out of Syria when they actually had not. And even today, we keep a, a force of like a thousand or something in Syria, maybe two thousand now. And I, I don't know how you can lie to the president of the United States if you if you work in the administration and and still find yourself employed and not in jail. But that that actually happened. And so the the other reason that I that I cast my vote for Donald Trump in two thousand twenty because I said there was two. The other reason was he just made the mainstream media crazy, batshit crazy. And I love it because those people do nothing but, I mean, now that we have 24-hour news, that just gives them 24 hours a day to lie all day long, every day, about what's going on in the world. And it keeps our population confused about what they should be for and what they should be for against. And I just, I just loved that Trump made those people crazy. As a Democrat who has been left homeless, who is now definitely in the center, but probably leaning increasingly right, I'm left yet again with an appreciation, despite the messenger of the message of the Trump administration, because what those guys did was pretty incredible in hindsight. These Abraham Accords, the Accords with Israel and the GCC, the almost accord between Israel and Saudi to really be able to like find long lasting peace is just a real example for the world and you know, those guys did a lot of really good work and do you know why you'll never hear Hillary Clinton say that or Joe Biden or anybody in the Democratic Party Kamala Harris Barack Obama because for them it's not about peace. It's not about getting people together and ha making everybody prosperous. For them, it's about power. It's about domination. It's about empire. It's about we get to dictate to you about 
the United States interest and how you're going to respond. And, you know, if you think about Trump, if you look at someone like Trump, and this is kind of where the businessman thing really does work. I mean, first of all, Trump's a very world-traveled type person, okay? So he knows people from all over the world. He's dealt with people from all over the world. And he understands that it doesn't always just go the way the people in the United States want it to go. But see, when you have an empire attitude, like a Hillary Clinton or Barack Obama or Joe Biden, it, it's, it's, it, you're going to do it my way or I'm going to pull this $4 billion worth of funding. See, it's always about the threat, the power, the money, okay? And Trump, one of the things Trump's experience informs him, the way his experience informs him, let me say it that way, is that, hey, you know, you have to do deals voluntarily. People have their own reasons for doing things. And this is something that Trump understands, um, and, and people that are lifelong politicians don't understand. All they understand is the point of a gun, okay? They understand military force. They understand raw power. They understand the, the world order, okay? They understand that. And they understand how to, they, under, they know how to boss people around. They know how to tell people what they're going to do or else, okay? It's the same way they treat us as citizens. You're going to pay your taxes or else, okay? They treat everybody the same the same way, regardless of whether it's a foreign country or an individual living in the United States. I just think this is, I mean, I'm sure Chamath Palapatia had to swallow hard, but these Abraham Accords, for example, that he mentions, this is, this is stuff that Jared Kushner did while working in the Trump administration, he was able to get to normalize relationships between Israel and Bahrain, Israel and the UAE, and Israel and Morocco. And this is this is a huge deal. And he says, even today, he says that eventually Saudi Arabia is going to sign on to the deal. So, in fact, this is part of why this is likely why Hamas has struck out at Israel the way they, they have. Is this, this whole uh, Abraham Accords thing does not serve Iran, and Iran's probably trying to throw a wrench in the whole deal. That's probably what we're seeing here. Again, I just think it's impressive that Chamath Palapatia, this is why he's rich, okay? Because he learns from his mistakes. And this is how rich people get rich. They don't make the same mistake over and over and over again and make more money. That only happens in government. You can make mistakes over and over and over again in government, and your budget always gets bigger. You always get more power. People say, well, we just, we just didn't have the resources to connect the dots and crap like that. Never fails. But in the real world, where you have to make a profit, and you have to cooperate with people to get something done, people learn from their mistakes. It was you have work. to. You have yeah. to. And in fact, this is a moment where you have to start to re-underwrite, like, is one's Trump derangement syndrome causing more damage than anything that Trump could have actually done? And I think the answer is yes, because like it's now causing us to not see 
that good work and then embrace and extend it. So much of the work that happened in that administration turns out to have been right. Yeah, so that's a big admit, okay, for a Democrat to say much of what the administration did under Trump happens to be right. But I want to go back. I want to talk more about this Trump derangement syndrome that he brought up. And, you know, we have in in this country, we have separation of powers, right? We have the Congress, we have uh, the, the executive branch, and we have the judiciary branch. And all of this hyperventilating about Trump was going to cause World War III and Trump was going to do this and Trump was going to seize all your rights and because he's a homophobe and a uh, whatever, you know. I mean, this is ridiculous. In America, this, this is very difficult to have like a Hitler-type figure in America. Uh, we, don't, we, just don't, we just don't vest that much power in any one individual. And so for all these people to be running around and hyperventilating about Trump um, was just ridiculous. And maybe it was just theater. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure these, some of these people really believe that, but it didn't stop them from asserting that. But what it did do, and this is the part that I think was very damaging to the United States of America, is it justified in some people's minds like Barack Obama, for example. The Barack Obama administration in September, before the election, wiretapped Trump Tower. Now, Richard Nixon, Watergate was a huge deal, and it was all about that. It was all about spying on a political opponent before an election. And, and, and it, that, that part of it was completely overlooked. There was a lot of precedent for that, given the Nixon-Watergate scandal. But that part was completely overlooked. And we just went right to Trump peed on hookers in a hotel. Uh, Trump did this. Trump talked to Russians. Trump's colluding with Russia. And then, and then when, when you find all that out, what you find is that, that was just a big story. But what actually happened in the very beginning is the Trump campaign was spied on by the Barack Obama presidency. And so this Trump derangement syndrome led otherwise maybe normal thinking people to commit crimes, to uh, falsify FISA warrants and present to the court. I mean, they had to present to the FISA court. Uh, Yeah, we want to spy on Carter Page because he knows Russians. But then they didn't tell him that the CIA actually knew that Carter Page they knew that he was talking to Russians because he was talking to the Russians for them. They, did, they didn't disclose that in the FISA warrant and went before the court and got a, a, got a warrant, got a wiretap, uh, a two-hop tap. So then from t- the way that two-hop tap works, we, we've talked about it before on here, is that means they could spy on Carter Page. They can wiretap Carter Page, and anybody Carter Page talks to and then anybody any of those people talk to, well, shit, you're into several hundred people, maybe a thousand, before you can say boo. And so these things actually happened. This Trump derangement syndrome led people 
to violate people's civil liberties in a way that was unprecedented. And then they tried to railroad them through the court system and prosecute them. In fact, they did. They, they ended up prosecuting Mike Flynn. Uh, they prosecuted him for lying. They didn't prosecute him for doing anything wrong. But he, he misspoke or something to the FBI and pleaded guilty to lying to the FBI. You had Papadopoulos who spent, I don't know, a couple days in jail, but he was dragged through the mud. I mean, you had just unprecedented abuses of the system to try to stop Trump, to, to pursue this Trump derangement syndrome. And that, yeah, so when Chamath Palapatia says, you know, at some point we need to ask ourselves, was Trump derangement syndrome a problem? Yeah, it was a big-ass problem. Um, you know, one of the things that it, it revealed is that our managerial state has way too much power. Where's our Fourth Amendment? I mean, where where are our Fourth Amendment rights? Where, you know, there was just so many rights that were trampled on that that were caused by this Trump derangement syndrome that I think history will eventually tell us that Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden and the Democrats during this era were some of the biggest tyrants that ever uh, managed to achieve high office in the United States of America. And that's what's so frustrating for me. The work on the border wall. We didn't like the messenger, so we killed the message. Turned out it was right. Issuing long-term debt to refinance when rates were at zero, we didn't like the messenger, so we killed the message. A structural peace in the Middle East, we didn't like the messenger, so we killed the message. When are we going to stop shooting ourselves in the foot? And when are we going to actually see and take the time to look past who is saying things and actually listen to them word for word? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. And I don't know that I have the answer other than to say Donald Trump is likely to be reelected. But, you know, there's the thing about all the things he just mentioned there. These were all the things that Trump ran on. So it's not like it's not like Chamath and some of his billionaire buddies didn't have a chance to vote on that. I mean, Trump really did exactly what he said he was going to do. It's just they didn't like him, and so they assumed that he would violate people's rights or I don't know what they told themselves. Um, but then the other thing is, you know, it, it justified, in my opinion, them cheating in the 2020 election because they had to stop him. So there were, in, in that, look, whether, whether you think the election was stolen or not, the bottom line is there's a lot of people in America. This is not just Hillary Clinton saying it anymore, okay? In 2016, you basically only had Hillary Clinton saying that the election was stolen. And everybody's like, yeah, that whole crowd strike thing and a bunch of people working a server room in Romania or whatever, that's a bunch of bullshit. But there has been actual video footage. Well, first of all, I was watching the election, okay, on the evening of the election or in the morning of the election. And I was sitting there and they said the polls are closing at or not the polls, the 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 counting centers were closing at at 12:30. And I thought, 
well, that's weird. I've never heard of that before. I remember when Bush Gore was really close. They counted all night long, you know. They, there was news all night long. People reporting on that election talked the whole night until morning, okay? And some of them even came on morning shows and said they'd been up all night. So for them to close the coverage and everything at 1230 Eastern, that was weird. And I even recognized it as weird. But then you start seeing videos of this, all this Dropbox activity, vans showing up in the middle of the night, and guys unloading huge quantities of votes. And then you see something like the thing that Dinesh D'Souza put out, uh, the 2,000 mules. And then you see no interest, zero interest in looking into this. No law enforcement anywhere is looking into this. You know, you, you're thinking to yourself, well, why aren't they looking into this? I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't you want to know if the election was tampered with or, would, you know, that there was some impropriety? No, they don't want to know because they, they did it on purpose. I mean, you know, that's what I think. But even if you didn't think that, even if you're somebody that says, oh, Seth, come on now, the election wasn't stolen, even if you're like that, wouldn't you still think it would be a good idea for the government to look into it and maybe bring everybody's temperature down a little bit and give them some confidence in the election process? I mean, this is a democracy after all. That's what they tell us all the time, that our democracy is at stake. And yet these people just said, nothing to see here, move along. I mean, there's videos out there of people stuffing ballots into drop boxes and then you got someone like Dinesh D'Souza that puts out a movie that shows that people did that all night long stopped at 30 40 different drop boxes and dropped in ballots well whose ballots were those where did they get those ballots are they allowed to do that I mean where's all the questions around what happened in 2020 and so you know to me the whole Trump era the the the, the reaction to Trump was was way over the top. I mean, it just didn't make any sense at all. And I really think it's more about something we don't even know anything about yet, like uh, the fact that all these children are missing all the time and children are trafficked all over the world. I think it's about something like that or something that's very, very sinister that either Trump knows about or was getting close to, and they just can't have him know it. I mean, I think it's something like that. I think that's why they had to get rid of him. And I, I, I shudder to say this, but if he ends up being the Republican nominee, which he's likely to be, and if he's likely to be the Republican nominee, he's likely to get reelected because a bunch of people are going to come over to the other side, I believe. This guy might get assassinated. He might be targeted for death. And that is a very sad commentary on the United States of America. All right, with that, I'm going to wrap up. Thank you for coming in this evening. Always glad you're here. Always glad you're listening. Share the show. Write me a review. And I'll talk to you next time. Peace.